God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports Television Analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch, Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. Oh, that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Yeah, look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cook perfect. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like people I'm about to die... I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken wings. It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. It's episode 103 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. D. Welch, heavy lunch with you on February 1st. It is a Wednesday, and we are excited because the latest film on flow sports and flow racing has been released it was released yesterday legends of racing it's going to be a docuseries that first opens up with one called the bettenhausens and you need to watch it it is a story of tragedy triumph um will and determination for an entire family generations of bettenhausens that tried to win the indy 500 and gave their life gave their limbs gave everything to win that race d welch i know you haven't watched it yet but we're getting ready to talk to richie murray how excited are you to watch the film yeah i'm super excited and you know i'm not as uh knowledgeable on the history of the sport as richie is but uh it's certainly something that i'm i'm passionate about and i i enjoy learning about um and i don't really think i realized the depth of this story um so I'm, you know, I'm super excited to, to watch it and learn about it, and learn about their family and, um, you know, hear these stories of, of these guys that, you know, are obviously legends of the sport, but just uh, the people story, the human interest side of it, too, which you guys have, have talked about is, is um, arguably the bigger theme of, of the entire thing. So um, as soon as we get done here, I'm going to go sit on the couch and, and turn it on and, and can't wait to watch it. Cuddle with Janet. Oh, it sounds yep. so Maybe get a bush light. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> what time is it? It's 2.46. My work day's not done yet, but when you work from home, you drink any day, anytime, right? <laughs> yeah. Merle, uh, Merle Bettenhausen, who, of course, is like one of the lead voices of this film. It's his family. It's his story. Um, he, We've had him on the show. He's a friend of the podcast. Uh, also featured in this film, Richie Murray, who's going to be on the show today. Uh, Johnny Parsons has a few uh, scenes in this as well. Um, one of the things that we didn't talk to Richie about and I, I wanted to mention was um, he does a good job portraying that the fact that this is not a sports story. I mean, this is a sports story, right? It's it's racing, but it's more of a human interest story. It's, you know, overcoming um, tragedy. It's overcoming, um, you know, setback. It's 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 obviously really good, but there's. A couple of scenes in this film where people cry and you would think because of how much tragedy is in their family, right? Uh, with the passing of, of Tony Sr. and the passing of, of Gary now uh, uh, and, and, you know, Tony Jr. In, in a plane crash, you would think they would have cried because of tragedy. But 
they never once cried in their interviews because of the tragedy. They cried about the 1972 500 where they nearly won the race. They led the majority of the race. They cried more about not winning the 500 than the tragedy, which just really hit me hard. Yeah. And I've, I am a little familiar. I'm familiar with that race and that story. And, um, you know, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to ruin that for people, but that's, I think that's part of what makes that family. So, um, you know, so beloved and appreciated is that they just were racers. They were all racers from top to bottom, starting with Tony senior, um, you know, through Merle and then, and Gary, obviously. And, um, and, and even the, even the other members of their family, you know, it's, it's, um, the family tree of their, of their group is, is remarkable. Um, and, and again, it's, it's, it's something that like, I wasn't really even that much aware of until, um, I started kind of looking into it more as, as this, this video or this film was being produced. So, um, I haven't even seen it and I know it's going to be awesome. I've seen the, the feedback of it and the reviews of it and, and can't wait to watch it. So I encourage everybody, if you haven't watched it yet to, to do it, cause you will, you will learn something I'm sure. Yeah. There'll be more stories about this. Hopefully we can have Pat Sullivan on sometime to uh, talk to him about, you know, the initial interviews and, and this story as well. But uh, Richie Murray today, we're going to talk to him about that, his new book that's come out and also preview the sprint car season. That's getting ready to begin here in February with the USAC national sprint car series, which Quickly, D. Welsh in the past two weeks has turned into a loaded lineup with Kevin Thomas Jr. returning with Dutcher, CJ Leary um, teaming up with the team that KT was racing for last year. Um, and they're going full time. You know, Brady Bacon's back, Emerson Axum's back with CMR, um, Mitchell Moles, which might have been one of the best sprint cars in the country last year, at least as far as qualifying. Um, they're back on the series. I mean, this is going to be a hard year to win in USAC. Yeah, which is good, you know, because I think there there's probably been a lot of, um, you know, a commotion about, you know, and there has been, you know, the last few years of people going wing racing and, um, you know, leaving USAC and, and who's who's going to be the next man up. And, um, you know, there is kind of a changing of the guard going on right now. You know, you still have these established guys, um, you know, like Leary and, and Grant and Bacon and KT now coming back and, um then you've got these, these young guys who are, are going to be instant threats to win. Um, you know, all those guys that you just mentioned. And then there's guys, you know, like Robert blue and, and chase Stockton and, and, you know, Kyle Cummins. I mean, there's, it's really, it's a deep list of guys that, um, you know, are going to make this, the USAC sprint car schedule and series, um, just as tough as it's ever been. You know, it's just, it's just going to be a different group of people, but, um, you know, a lot of really talented race car drivers and guys that are going to be fun to watch, uh, throughout the whole year. I think it's going to be a great championship battle. So I'm, I'm excited for it to all get, get started here in a few weeks. Justin Graham back to defend his title. Brady Bacon, of course, um, the multi-time champion is back. Jake Swanson with Arizona. I mean, you look, there's, 10 to 15 really, really good cars that is going to travel up and down the road nationally this year. And I'm really looking forward to it, especially like Eldora has Let's Race too. I'm excited uh, to see some of the big hitters. that CV's in the Bennett car. Yep. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be great. It is. It's going to be a really good year with uh, the USAC Sprint Car Series. The Thunder and Lightning Series is back, baby. Uh, Can't wait to see it. Um, Before we get to talking to Richie, let's do our Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shakes of the Week brought to you by... Uh, Sun Dollar Restoration. Mine's going to go to D. Welch for getting married. 
Uh, congratulations, son. You're finally hitched. You're going on your honeymoon. Oh, man. I mean, this whole process has been documented. Like, you, you were started dating Hannah all in Rip the Fence. Remember that? Yeah, I know. It was like the very early days of, of Rip the Fence were right when we started dating. So it's uh, it's been a, a long and winding road. But, yeah, it's it's awesome to be uh, – to be married. It's, it's weird. You know, it's, it feels strange to be a husband. Like that's, I don't, you know, you know how that is, but I think it's the initial, the initial adjustment just in your vocabulary is, is kind of bizarre. Um, but it's awesome. It's been, it's been super fun and, um, yeah, excited to, to get away for a week here and, uh, kind of reset before the, the NASCAR and dirt racing season gets started. Larson finally won a race. Uh, he should probably get a hat shake. Um, but that was impressive fashion, right? He'd ripping around the top of Ricky. Thorne. Yeah, that uh, was cool. He was banging the he was banging the quarter panels off the side of the wall. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, excuse me, <clears throat> I got a frog in my wow. throat still. Wow, <laughs> my voice sounded like Kermit there. Um, <laughs> no, that was awesome, and and there there was a lot of good racing. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of good racing down there. You know, I, I was, uh, I was in Daytona, so I was, I was a little bit, uh, preoccupied and couldn't keep up with it a ton, but, um, it seemed like, you know, there was a lot of good stuff down there. So in that Larson race is as good as it gets. RTJ, uh, Ricky Thornton Jr. Leads Lucas Oil points. He's won a few races, uh, so far the Lucas Oil series, I believe returns, uh, here in the next couple nights played on dirt draft, dirtdraft.com. Who is your Sun Dollar restoration hat shake of the week? Boy, I don't know. I, f- I feel like I'm, it's a cop out to give one to, to you guys and everybody here at flow for this film. But, um, I know it, I know it's been a multi-year, uh, endeavor, you know, and I know that you guys have a lot of other really cool stuff going on. Um, but I, I think, it, I think you guys deserve one because frankly, uh, this kind of stuff is overdue. You know, we, we're in an era now where the, these stories need to be told and can be told um, because we have the equipment, we have the technology, we have the resources to do it with these big companies now that are coming in and, and streaming these races. And it's time that we tell these stories and do it the right way. So I'm glad that, that, you know, us here at flow are the ones that um, are kind of taking the baton and leading the charge, um, you know, to tell the sports history. So uh, and any, and not even, not even the history so much, but just doing these feature length, you know, documentaries, like what the one that's going to be on, on Larson and that kind of stuff is, is stuff that we don't have, but we need, you know, because every other professional racing series has it. So, um, I'm super excited for the future of the, you know, the flow films department and just, you know, really looking forward to seeing everything you guys keep cranking out. Yeah. The flow films department has been incredible for a very long time. They're one of the best sports films producers. I think, uh, and not just sports, you know, human interest stories as well. There's there's so many remarkable stories that have uh, happened over, um, you know, all of the sports, not just racing, right? So they've, uh, I, I'm, I'm proud. That's one of the things I am proud about is that our racing community um, finally gets one of them, you know, finally gets one of the cool flow films. And they're going to get a lot more. Uh, trust me, you know, we spent, like D. Welch has said, the past three years producing films, whether it be the Dirt Series with Larson or uh, this History of Dirt Series film. Uh, there's so many good interviews and stories that I'm so excited for you to see. Uh, and, you know, that's the cool thing about listening to the podcast. You get some hints and everything else. I don't try to give too much away because Justin uh, Fiedler's out there watching and listening everything and 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 breaking it. And then, you know, the higher ups at Flower is like, why is people telling people that? And it's like, well, I was part of it. So, 
Uh, I can. <laughs> no, but seriously, in, in all honesty, and, and Richie's going to talk about this. And before we get out of here, uh, SunDollar.net, you can find our friends Jason and Kim. Kim watched the film last night. Jason did not, however, I asked him to. But um, Kim said she thought it was incredible. She didn't know a lot about the Benthausen story. Um, but SunDollar.net, they'll put. Um, they'll, they'll fix water, fire, mold, restoration in your house. They'll put a roof on your house. Uh, I know D. Welch, you know, we have a good time with Jason and Kim. They came to your wedding. That was a good time. It is. Excited. They're good people. Yeah, I was excited that they came to the wedding and, and hung out with us. Um, but, yeah, I like like Richie said, I, I am very proud of this film um, to be a part of it. I, I did the interviews with Robin Miller and Pat Sullivan and Richie and Johnny Parsons, and this was in 2021. Uh, the winter of 2021, so right before Robin passed away uh, during the summer of 2021. So, it, the one thing that it struck me the most about this, and 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 I was excited that it comes out, is that we have to document, we have to document some of these people that are no longer going to be with us. Like I really wish that I would have gotten like a sit down, nice video of Bob Jenkins. Um, you know, you know, we, we had a great interview with him on our podcast and I will never, you know, that that's something that will live with me forever, you know, and, and we had a great interview with Floyd, you know, on rip the fence. And we had so many of these guys on podcasts, but to get them on video is important, I think, yeah, um, because it means a lot to people and you can sit in your living room and watch it, you know? Right. And, and, uh, that's one of the things the Robin Miller thing is I didn't, I, I knew how important it was that we got a last interview with him, uh, but I didn't realize how important it was until last night. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. You know, I, I think it's the same thought process of just getting these people and giving them a platform to tell their stories, you know, because there are so many, there are so many guys that are just legends of these, of this sport that have uh, these incredible, these incredible stories about things they did or things they saw or, or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is they're all getting older and they're all not going to be here, you know, for that much longer. So getting the opportunity for, you know, these people to, to get in front of a camera or in a microphone and just, um, tell us how it used to be, you know, is, is so cool. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, what else, what else comes out of, out of that production room. Cause I think there's a lot of potential for some really cool stuff to happen. Watch the film legends of racing, the Bettenhausens. I can't say it enough on flow racing, flowracing.com. You can watch it on your fire stick, uh, you know, your app, your phone, your iPad, you know, whatever it's streaming, uh, now. Um, and it came out yesterday at 7 PM Eastern. So let's talk to Richie Murray. He is next. This is episode 103 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow. What has to be without a doubt, the most proud and anticipated dirt racing event in the history of motorsports. 8500, Daytona 500, Eldora Million. Your next millionaire is Jonathan Davenport. But this night, something special happened. Continued to, to carry Earl's vision and, and his uh, history of creating big events. I mean, we've, we've got some stuff up our sleeve that uh, I don't think will shock anybody when we announce it.
Welcome back to the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. As promised, one of the stars of the Legends of Racing Bettenhausen uh, series premiere that just came out yesterday uh, on Flow, Richie Murray. He is head of PR at USAC. Welcome to the show, bud. I'm, I'm sure you've already watched it. Are you, are you excited? How, how much fun did you uh, have watching that thing? Yeah, that was – I mean, I've already seen the the kind of rough version of it a couple times, but – you know, just even the watching the full version for the third time, I guess it's uh, still hits you. It's it's just intriguing how many prongs the story has with, uh, you know, the father and, you know, the three brothers. And it's just so multifaceted and it's not really even a sports story. That's why my wife, not too uh, much to watch him with uh, sports with me. I got her to sit down and watch. And I said, this is a human story, not a sports story. Because there's, I mean, you would be hooked on it. And she was. She watched the whole thing and loved it. So, I, I mean, I recommend it to anybody, sports fan or otherwise, it, it hits you. So, I, you guys both are involved in the, the producing of this and, and kind of getting it off the ground. So, but I'll, I'll ask you, Richie, since you're our guest, why were that was this family the family that you guys decided to do this thing with first you know like of all the racing families and racing stories why were the Bettenhausens the right family to to debut this series with yeah and it it's kind of started funny enough you know many years ago with uh, myself and Tim Truex just batting around like if we were ever able to make a movie like what would be a good subject and it was probably like 2016. I said, you ever heard about the Bettenhausen story? And I told, um, you know, the story with the dad and then starting with, you know, Merle losing his arm, Gary losing the use of his arm, Tony Jr. and all his stuff. And then the other branch that is a whole other avenue is the McElreath family, which was attached to him and all their tragedy. And every time you tell one thing after another, it's uh, you see the eyes the person you're telling get bigger and bigger like are you serious that's a real story I'm like yeah i mean it should be a movie and uh, and all these years later when it came up that this series is going to be made it was uh what was the first thing that came to mind was the benthausen family and i remember being on a zoom call with tim and another another fellow from flow racing and he, he wasn't too tuned into racing, but was a filmmaker. And I, I was telling him the same story and I saw the same reaction out of him. The eyes just kept getting bigger, 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 each thing you told. And I think that's what makes it an incredible story. And, uh, and basically the, the one thing I come away from this is, uh, uh, you know, through the film, you know, my, some people might think, man, this is just a story of tragedy and heartbreak and just bad times. But I felt like at the end, it's a story of triumph for, you know, the just the human element of it. Just keep going. Just keep fighting through it because most people would have given up, you know, as soon as, you know, Tony Sr. lost his life. Like, that's not something I want to do. They all wanted to follow in his footsteps, but also make their own mark. And they certainly did. Yeah, there's there's a lot of questions I want to ask you about, um, you know, 
we, you know, you, you mentioned that initial Zoom interview and Paul, who is the executive producer, was, mm-hmm. was in there with you. He's a film guy, like you said. And, and mm-hmm. um, it is it is very much a human interest story. My wife does not care about racing at all. And she watched the film and loved it. She's a history nerd. Uh, so there's a lot of history stuff because Merle was drafted and, um, you know, everything that was going on back in the 50s and the 60s. You know, they Laura did a really good job of editing just the feel of uh, of the era. Um, the biggest thing that's come out of the film so far is obviously we got to hear the late, great Robin Miller uh, again tell some amazing stories. Um, Rich, you were there that day that we did those interviews. Um, and and I, I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but I'm not sure I want to hear it from your angle, too. Um, he was obviously this was what was it, March, April? Uh, when we, yeah, when we, they March, yeah, and he ended up passing away in the, that summer. Uh, it was, it was, um, what was it, 2021, right? When we did the interviews, correct, uh, yeah. So it was right before he passed away, and he just was really sick and and came in and was super sick. And I was really kind of worried about the interview. And he sat down, all of his color came right back. He was, you saw in the film, like he looked normal to yeah. me, um, just because he had so much adrenaline and and was excited to tell these stories, and then. When the uh, interview ended, he sat down on the couch and was right next to you, Richie, and he just, all the color came out of him and it started to snow. Like, like yeah. you, remember, you remember that day, right? Tell us more about I, that. Vividly, yeah. I, I just remember, you know, being in the other room because I wanted to leave you guys alone. I had a little bit of other work to do. So I was at kind of the front desk and you were over in the other room and I could hear uh, whoever was try- trying to talk to me at the time um just talking to just asking me what i'm doing and i'm like kind of you know kind of quiet down because i hear you guys doing an interview over there and it's funny i don't want to give away too much from the film but the ending of the the film kind of represents what happened here he just stopped talking and said shut the hell up in there (laughs) (laughs) like so i was like hey i remember this moment i just started giggling and other guys like oh my god i gotta leave (laughs) i yeah and i i just remember i could hear the interview from the whole other room i was just smiling because i when we invited him honestly like i had talked to him but i and i knew he was sick but i didn't know how sick he truly was and you know he came in he looked a little gaunt and i i wasn't quite prepared for that i was like oh man that's that's kind of terrible and uh, i don't i i didn't know how sick he was but then he did the interview and it was like old robin had never left (laughs) and he was so energetic and he did that for i think everybody else's interviews were you know 45 minutes an hour it seemed like his was two hours and i don't know how many questions you got in tyler but it seemed like he was talking the entire time he's just so excited he had tangent upon (laughs) the tangent and it just kept going and then I was going to say, you know, after the interview, when talked away, I remember him putting on the stocking cap and started to snow and he coughed a couple times and just walked into the snow and he was outside coughing. And I realized like, man, I, he, he came alive during that interview. And sadly enough, that was the last time I ever got to see him was that one moment. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned the length of the interview. The good thing is he's going to be featured in a lot of the films that we're going to have coming out, you know, the next one that comes out in May, and then um, a bunch of others, you know, because he has a lot of stories and a lot of friends that he uh, told stories about. 
Uh, obviously, you know, D Welch, he's, he's still getting ready uh, to, to watch the film, but you know, you're starting it, Pat Sullivan, um, you know, of course, Robin, uh, Johnny Parsons, you know, you helped uh, get, get us in there. But the one thing that, you know, we were talking about Robin, like Robin helped produce this. Like, you know, we, he was in the zoom call with us that the yeah. second zoom call. And he's you know, he's the one that told us the Bettenhausen story. He was, he was like a, a fourth Bettenhausen, right? Yeah, they basically took him in, treated him like the the redheaded stepchild sometimes, but also like a like a brother. So they took him in, and and I I know like Robin bought one of the Bittenhausen cars, started his midget own midget racing career, and you know even all the way till recent years. How I first met Merle was at Robin Miller's uh, function, his lunch, his breakfast lunch deal at Charlie Brown's. And so I got introduced to Merle that way and a bunch of other legends from 60s, 70s. So, I mean, yeah, all along he was there. And and, and that was the great thing about Robin was how involved he was from, I mean, he, a lot of writers and media guys, Dylan, <laughs> in this day and age, you know, a lot of people kind of don't feel like you don't really know what it's like to live this life of running a midget and, being involved in the team but i mean he got to see it from all different levels <laughs> starting at a young age so i mean he garnered the respect that the kind of respect that isn't usual to uh most media types so he got in that's how he was able to get scoops and get people to open up more than probably usual and and he took all that in and he he himself is a probably one of the biggest characters we'll ever meet in our lives and and he has all those stories that were loaded up there. And and luckily we were fortunate Dave, to be able to hear a bunch of them. Richie, for you, I mean, anybody who knows you knows that you are a wealth of just knowledge of, of the history of the sport. And, and that's something you're really passionate about. So, and, and you've done things kind of on your own in the past where you've written stuff or, or, or what have you, but how, how important is this platform to you now? personally to just be able to help kind of tell some of these stories of the history of the sport and kind of get it out to a broader audience, to a, a new audience that, that maybe isn't as familiar with it. Yeah. And I mean, I never could have imagined I'd be involved in a project like this when I first started and I have fortunate to meet Tim Truex all those years ago. And it just kind of built slowly. Like we had our, uh, you know, what we call it <laughs> weekly. I can't even remember the name of it. It's been so long, but we did yes. our weekly show wheels up Wednesday. Yeah. And those shows, which were like many movies, we tried to make it. And then, you know, we, as soon as we hit June, we were racing every night and then the, every project would just die. <laughs> then we would say, Hey, wouldn't it just be cool to make, just do this and make movies and stuff. And it's like, yeah, that would be awesome just to tell these stories in this fashion. Cause, uh, like I could have the writing aspect and you can make the movie and stuff like that. And, and uh, it's just something that, uh, yeah, like I said, I never could have imagined being this far along. And that's one of those, these Bittenhausen project in particular that goes all the way back to those first thoughts that I always had and I always read about. And I have, I mean, even before I worked at USAC, I had, I just traded video racing videos and collected videos. I have all this stuff. And, you know, a lot of that stuff 
is just locked up and nobody's seen it <laughs> or seen it ever or for the first time in 30 some years 40 years whatever and be a, it's just cool to be able to unlock all that stuff because there, there's one aspect of just reading it but being able to see and hear the stories from people who are in it firsthand is something that you know it's not easily captured on in writing form and long you got to do a long form writing thing but obviously people love watching movies so to tell it in this direction in this format it's pretty exciting and uh, i know there's a bunch of others working out there and i know i've been digging away through the winter going through all those videos um like give me all your bettenhausen footage and it's been fun just flipping through page and saying oh 19 here 1959 let's go see scan through the video and see if there's any uh tony bettenhausen clips in there oh there's one and digitize it and spit it out and Heck, we got a film there. We got to put all those pieces together that are out of the out of the cobwebs and into the film for people to see and appreciate. Yeah, Richie, uh, get you know he's in the credits, but you know, he gets a video producing credit because really most of the video came from him. Uh, also, a late ad. You know, we we got Todd and Carrie uh, this past summer. So so timeline those robin pat richie interviews all that stuff johnny parsons interview happened uh winter of 2021 and then a lot of the other stuff happened you know the last couple summers um but todd and carrie once we interviewed them um they started going through troves of storage units just to find super eight footage and and, and um and, and footage that they they knew that their mom had taken with the super eight camera uh, back in the day and i do not want to spoil uh some stuff in this but there are some very good shots of like gary you know when he was younger you know like fishing with the boys and there's one scene in particular about tony bottenhausen uh jr that is very eerie that i, I don't want to spoil what, what goes on but it comes from the super eight footage and um it's 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 pretty wild um i know richie you've written books right uh you know you just yeah. had a new, a new one come out um, you know, I had this, you know, this was my first film I ever was on production for, um, you know, cause like we started this thing, like right when I first started at flow, um, but just laying in bed last night with my wife and watching the movie, like, I just had this, like, this is really cool that, you know, what, where does this rank in, in like career accomplishments for you to make a movie? Oh man. <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of pinch myself moments, um, over the past decade since being at USAC and, this is definitely right up there. I mean, it's hard to rank from, you know, just getting a byline and a story <laughs> from getting that first pay raise, uh, getting out of poverty. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm they're all big that. days. Yeah. Just so those are all big days and, and getting the film. I mean, geez, I mean, heck there's people who knows what will happen, but there's people on Twitter that say, like tagging the Emmys to say, hey, you put this in the best documentary category or whatever. It's like, I don't know if that's possible or how that works or whatever, but, or if We're it's even find out. No, just a pipe dream. But just even, I started like daydreaming, like, what if we won an Emmy? Wouldn't that be, what? <laughs> so I, I mean, there's just being involved in this and, like I said, just collecting, basically, I just collected that as a fan and be able to collect all those years and then just put them out for people to see. 
like it makes it all feel worthwhile that everything you're doing and all those years spent were in, you know, just, I was a school teacher or in college and stuff and just uh, collecting somebody giving me a, five tubs of VHS tapes to go through and just going through and putting them on DVD. <laughs> so that's hero work. I mean, that's serious. It, that's it, hero work. Yeah. And you think about like that, like I just wanted to watch them and while I'm watching them, I'm just recording them. Um, so, but you think like sometimes when you're sitting up at 4:30 AM on a Saturday in college, like, shouldn't I be out doing something exciting <laughs> with what everybody else is doing but i'm like no this is i mean i'm cool doing this this is fine <laughs> but then sometimes you have second thoughts like maybe i should have did more college things <laughs> so, so i i don't know but the uh but doing all that all those years and seeing it come out into in this fashion like i just looked at those clips and said hey i remember digitizing that <laughs> and all this stuff coming out that's pretty thrilling to me and uh it's it's just cool i don't know uh, how other word to put it it's just plain cool <laughs> we could so we could talk about this documentary probably for two hours and maybe we should at some point but i know tyler is too poor to upgrade our zoom so we're on a time we're on a time clock here so i want to talk to you about the book too um guts and glory it's about the USAC uh, midget series um, and the entire history of it, basically that you co-wrote with Pat Sullivan, and Bob Mays. Um, so how, how, like, I, it seems like a lot to be doing at the same time, right? You're doing this documentary, yes. you're writing a book on the entire history of the midget series. Um, but that's, that, that's you and your element, right? Like this is, that's, that's perfect world for you. I'd have to imagine. Right, right. I mean, this is the time to do it, I guess. <laughs> we, we're not racing every week. And I mean, I it overlapped a bunch during the season, just getting everything plowed through. But, you know, it all kind of the germ kind of started when, you know, the, the sprint car book with Arga Bright and uh, John Mahoney and Pat and I contrib helped contribute on that. And uh, But then going straight from that and actually – we kind of thought about it, but COVID happened and I was doing, you know, just trying to come up with content for social media. And I just started doing like, what's something I can do from the past. That's not just videos all the time. So I was like, I'll just get all the silver crown stats together. Figure that's not that crazy. Cause a lot of the seasons back in the day were three or four races per year. And now it's 12. So I think it's manageable. So just during COVID every day, I knocked out a, season review and <laughs> got all the stats out and crazy enough as it happened um, that like the day I finished was the last day before the season started so when I decided to start it just happened to be perfect amount of time <laughs> so mm. then from that the uh, I mean it's like an illness <laughs> basically <laughs> it was like you know what it'd be cool to do a midget book and like well there's like 400 and whatever silver crown races there's about i think we just passed race 2500 for the midgets um, a couple of years back so just a little bit more work <laughs> to go through <laughs> and uh but it was like well if we got to do it we're going to start now so we started in the off season i mean over a year ago and i just started 
Um, I think in the end, I just started writing season reviews and going through all the digitized, all the USAC newsletters from 1955 to when it stopped in 04 and then having to comb through all the other stuff uh, beforehand in that time since and coming up with little tidbits just to fit into an 800 word story or whatever. So got all that together. And I think in the end, I ended up writing like 68 stories or something like that. Just trying to knock through one a day. <laughs> and Pat added a bunch of feature stories and bios. And then by the end, we thought, well, I think we have a book. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, just getting all the stats together and combing through them to make sure they're as right as can be. And it's definitely a process. It involves going through a lot of, uh, thumbing through a lot of records and a lot of dry fingertips going through all those papers that are uh, trying not to yellow with age, uh-huh. <laughs> but going through all those and, and getting those all out. And it's kind of the same thing with the film, you know, that's a lot of stuff that nobody's ever seen. So, or heard about because they weren't alive or they may have forgotten about it if they were around. So it's about just getting that stuff in stone and putting it out for the public to appreciate. And, you know, hopefully, I mean, this is a passion for me and, you know, my passion started somewhere along the line. I mean, I was practically born into it, but I was keeping stats when I was six. So I don't know what caused that. I don't know. Something I, something in the water. I don't know. (laughs) But I, but I got, I just, I don't know. I just done it ever since and just keep on going. And, and then we're actually working on a USAC stock car book now. So, and another thing that, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people around our age that don't even know USAC had a stock car division. So this right. is an eye opener. And, you know, I don't see a whole lot of the stats or stories out there in the, in the social media world or, or anywhere in that general. So. We'll just keep uh, plowing through, and who who knows what we'll come up ne- with next. So, it's just uh, it's pretty cool to be part of, and a small part of, large part of, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> and 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 get these things for people to appreciate. And hopefully, you know, like me, all those years ago, I used to have um, in my uh, bedroom little golden books like the Three Bears and all that stuff. And right next to it was you know, Who's Your Hundred program. <laughs> so I just remember. <laughs> I just remember looking at the, uh, looking at all the photos and the bios and stuff and thought, man, that, these are interesting people. Who is Duke Cook? That's a weird mustache. I'm thinking this stuff. <laughs> You're and just the, and, and, and just, yeah, all that stuff. Warren Mockler. Who, who are these guys? <laughs> you were, you were digitizing races back in the day in college. Dylan was editing power hours. <laughs> for, for his college roommates to be power hours while Ricky was doing all the racing nerd stuff. That was just down the street from you. I was going to say, we were, we were passing like ships in the night, probably. Yes, yes. we could have combined forces. Yeah. Get, get, uh, you can get Richie's book along with the other two. Well, you have three, yeah. right? The Silver Crown, Sprint Car, and now the Midget. Uh, series books you can get them yeah. like, what, at the uh, USAC trailer like at events stuff right yeah so this sprint car book might still be available at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame I think we're out of print on the Silver Crown book uh, unfortunately but it's good it sold out and the midget book it will be available soon online at uh, usacgear.com um, but if 
you want to meet it and see it, see the books at the races, it'll be available at the USAC merchandise trailer starting at Florida on February 13th. And it'll be there all through the season until we run out. Let's talk about Florida before we get you out of here. He, Dylan's right. I haven't paid for the Zoom. I still have seven minutes left in this thing. Uh, USAC Sprint Car Series happening in Florida. Actually, you guys are going to have some races at Volusia. Are those points races at Volusia? No points at Volusia. Okay. So the, the first points of the race, first points races of the season will take place at Bubba Raceway Park in Ocala, where it's traditionally been since I think 2011 was first year of Winter Dirt Games. Um, but just adding a little bit of Volusia flavor in there. USAC's never been there. I've never been. Well, I did go there once personally, but once or twice to go down there, enjoy on our night off. And it's man, it's a fast place and looking forward to seeing our guys uh, do it. But uh, yeah, it was non points race. So it's all about winning the trophy and 5,000 to win first night, 10,000 to win second night. So it's all about bragging rights. And then, Move on to Ocala, where, you know, a lot of the guys who have previously won championships in the recent years have won at Ocala and gone on to win the championship. And uh, Justin Grant did that last year. I think he won a lot of the midget stuff down there and sprint car stuff on there and kicked off uh, one of the finest seasons we've seen in a while. But, uh, yeah, no midgets down there in Florida this year. But midgets will kick off in Kokomo and April 21st and 22nd. So a uh, little bit of time for the midgets to, to get ready for the season. And uh, here we are. Here we are again. Yeah. 2023 is about to kick off. You've been posting your articles. Uh, Grant's back to defend his uh, sprint car title. Also Mitchell Moles, Emerson Axum. Um, Y'all got a good crop of young talent uh, that are going to be vying for the championship. I saw Matt Westfall and Ray Marshall join. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good bunch this year. Yeah, it's a stacked crew from top to bottom i mean you got just released the uh yesterday i think kevin thomas jr coming back full-time with dutcher which they were a team back in 2013, 2013. through 15 that was uh, one of the huge combos there and you know uh it's been a while since dutcher's car won a usac race and it was actually kevin thomas jr down in florida at east bay 2015 so and I know they came very close to winning at Paris last year, just led until the final, basically the final lap <laughs> and before Baloo got them. So they're very close. And uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That could be maybe like joining the band back together and picking up where they had the success last year. Cause uh, KTJ was pretty exciting when he ended coming back mid season and was frequent winner right off the bat coming back. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Is I think KT, they're all they're both you know older and more matured. You know, KT is a completely different guy than he was ten years ago, and I think that'll be a fun uh, be a fun combination. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's one of those combos we have to look out for. And you know, as you mentioned, like Mitchell Moles, who we just got to see the the cusp of last year to, to you know, he, his very first start, he almost won it. He led. 21 laps to Terre Haute to finish second. And he went on to set fast time eight times. I think as the season went on, you know, he picked up a couple wins out at Houston's and uh, Putnamville. But, you know, putting all that speed, he's definitely got speed and he's not afraid. And I think he became a better, much better racer along the way throughout the year, kind of getting more consistent finishes. And that's something he'll tell you himself. That's what he needed to learn was to not try to push it too much. And if you have – 
you know, if you have a sixth place car, sometimes you have a sixth place car and you can't push it to you know, crash yourself. So he's going to be one of those guys to look out for as he's got it, getting it all figured out and going to be fast with the uh, Reinbold Underwood. And he's got a silver crown ride on top of that too with uh, Hans Lean, which we've seen have, you know, all-star lineup back in the day with uh, Courtney and Wyndham and, Dave Darlin has driven that car. And so that's a tough team. They haven't got to run a bunch the last couple of years, but it'll be interesting to see a young fast driver in, in that car and see what they can do on the dirt. Yeah. CJ Leary's back. Jake Swanson's back. Those are some of the other guys that can win. Uh, of course, Brady Bacon. Where is he at right now in the record books? I mean, he's, he's starting to chase down some numbers here, ain't he? Oh yeah. Brady Bacon just taking him off. He's a top five all time in wins and, He's got a chance to pass, uh, I think, uh, yeah, Tracy Hines for second all-time this year. He's right on the cusp of that. And, and uh, you know, he's him and the Hoffman car, you know, the most iconic car uh, of this era, car entrant combo of this era. And they're actually two behind Pancho Carter and Steve Stapp as the winningest combo in USAC sprint car history. And, I mean, that's, that's a Pancho Carter and the Stapp car. When I was a kid, I, that was the photo I had, uh, uh, whatever you call that. It's like a stencil drawing, but I had it autographed over the bed <laughs> on my wall when I was growing up. And so that was, to me, iconic. And that was like one of the first drivers I learned to know was the name Poncho, which I thought was really cool. So I'd ride my bike on the side of the house pre pretending to be Poncho Carter. <laughs> <laughs> and went in... Uh, yeah, in Spanish class and in middle school, they had us pick names for Spanish names. I saw one of the options was Poncho. So, boom, I'm going with that. So, <laughs> so that to me is we had, iconic. We had to do that. We had to do that too. And I went with Elio, even though it's Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> that's great. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's iconic. And Brady has a chance to pass that. So, that's pretty incredible. That'd be sweet. Looking forward to the uh, USAC season down there. Um, kicking off, uh, what are the dates? February 13th, 14th at Volusia. Yep. 16th, 17th, and 18th of February at Bubba Raceway Park in Ocala. So cool. Preparing to go and looking forward to it. He's a fresh movie producer. He helped create, you know, the newest film that come out on Flow Sports, um, Legends of Racing. Uh, the Bentonhausens. Thanks, Richie, so much for everything you did for that and also what you do for the sport. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Tyler and Dylan. Appreciate it. And thank you for all that you do. Appreciate it.